I'm Simon King, and this is What's Wrong. Welcome back, folks. Well, welcome back to me from the long break. I went in a bit of a three weeks or so of winter hibernation there, trying to sort of um, get my head around the end of last year, the beginning of this year, like a lot of us, you know. Uh, it's a strange time. It remains a strange time. I, I do feel more optimism now, um, especially since, you know, we're still under this blanket of plague, and there's still a lot of... Um, you know, negative news in the world. And that doesn't really ever change, I think. But the blanket of plague, perhaps there's light at the end of that tunnel as the vaccines seem to be um, getting to the people. And hopefully within the next few months, we can start returning to some sort of normalcy, whatever normalcy is, because the world seems to be in this very strange state of flux. I don't know whether it's that I'm paying attention to it more now that I'm older, um, whether I'm more aware of the time passing and the events happening, whether it's, I mean, I know I'm more aware of the world now than I was, say, 20 years ago. Um, for sure, I definitely am more aware of that than I was, you know, I think even 15 years ago, um, I'm starting to pay more attention and uh, see things more as they are, or, you know, perhaps learn more about myself in the process, hopefully learn more about myself in the process. So I think that I don't know whether the world is so much more in flux than it was or things are, but it feels, and it might just be that because of social media and everything, it's on your doorstep all the time. So you, you, you know, you're kind of inundated with, you know, often the negative things that are happening and that can affect you. Um, you know, so try and take some time. I've, uh, I've now deactivated my Facebook account. I was just away from it. I've now deactivated it and I would actually delete it completely, but I still, need Facebook for work. Uh, and if any of you want to get in touch with me through Facebook, I still have fan pages and I do, uh, I do check those emails. So if you want to get in touch with me there, or you can email me at info at this is Simon King.com or, uh, or you can reach me through the podcast, www.skpodcast at gmail.com. If you have something you need to talk to me about, um, please do as soon as, uh, I mean, we're going to hopefully get back to doing comedy. I, I, it was weird. I, the beginning of all this, I've the last few years, I've been pondering whether I should even be a comedian anymore because I've just felt so kind of worn out. And, ex- you know, I think I think you do anything for long enough and you, you, you don't get out of it what you want. Sometimes you feel invalidated and exhausted. And there was a lot of that going on. And, and in a way, this plague has been um, has kind of been a, a way to reaffirm my need for stand up or my connection to stand up. I, uh, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't sure what my life would be like without it. And I thought, well, you know, grass is always greener sort of thing. Maybe it's time to leave stand-up. But the more I am without it, the more I feel sort of cut in half. And uh, I definitely think I have more to offer. I would like to get um, back out there. And I would like to get back on the road and back into shows and start. But I'm going to, I think I'm going to be a little more choosy about how I do it. I think a lot of anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time and the previous episodes that I've kind of, since since I relaunched it, I kind of moved those away. You might still have some of them or not. It knows how long and how exhausting uh, this career has been for the last however many years at least. Um, and I think that I want to change partially because of my age um, and partially because I just want to get smarter about the way I do things. I think I want to change. Though I don't want to not like stand-up again. You know what I mean? It's like being in a relationship you take some time apart and then when you come back to it, you're like, okay, uh, I know what was wrong with it and I'm going to try and avoid those pitfalls and I'm going to try and make things good. And, uh, you know, 
you can only do what you can to try and make things better. I, I feel like I'm going to make some more choices that are maybe a little, maybe a little less on the road, maybe a little more, you know, doing different things and maybe starting some, I might start some ways for me to get off the road more. Maybe I'll focus more on YouTube and things like that, because I think there's, there's some interesting stuff to be done. Um, but that is what I'm looking forward to in this new year. It's kind of reinventing myself and re-exploring. And I hope you are looking at the new year with optimism too. I hope there's something in your life or some things in your life that give you um, pause for optimism and hope. And I hope that's how you're, you're greeting this year. Because the, the calendar date is relatively arbitrary, but it's important for people to have, uh, I think, um, markers like... Uh, to, like for the ability for them to go, okay, well, this is a starting point and this is a midway point. And, and I think that, you know, January 1st might as well as, as any day be good for that. Um, I personally use my birthday. That's kind of when my year beginning is my year end and my year start. Um, but whatever, uh, however you choose to see the passing of time, however you choose to mark it, I hope that you are on a path to where you want to be. And, um, I'm going to talk today. Now, there's been a lot that happened. As, as people who listen to the podcast know that I I follow American politics quite a bit. Um, one of the reasons I follow American politics is because it's it's fascinating. Um, it is the dominant superpower on the planet. Uh, as America goes, so goes most of the world. Um, and I think that, you know, it's really interesting to watch uh, democracy either collapse or, or save itself or whatever is going to happen or is happening. Um, is really, and I think I'm really seriously thinking about maybe starting a second podcast where I just talk about politics because I don't want to bore everyone who doesn't want to hear about that here. That's not what I'm going to talk about today. I, I'm using that as a framework for what I'm going to talk about um, because I think we can all look at what's going on in the world and it kind of gives us pause and, you know, to see there are people making very clear choices right now, particularly uh, high up in uh, both political parties in America, um, they're making choices right now that, uh, in in many ways, define how the world sees them and will see them, and how history will judge them. Um, because we can't control how people speak of us after we die, after we are gone. We can only control what we do, and hope that the light of the future shines, you know, brightly on us when it's pointed backwards. Um, I think what I want to talk about today is best framed because that's what's going on right now. And I also think that even if you listen to this podcast 10 years from now, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but, you know, the beginning of 2021 and even for the last however many years has more than I think any time in recent memory given is a, you know, regular examination of what is the right thing to do. And that's what I want to talk about today, doing the right thing, because it is much easier said than done. And I'm not just talking about it uh, for politicians. I'm talking about it for all of us. I mean, I'm using the politicians because, you know, you could look at the politicians right now and be like, are these are these uh, Republicans, particularly in the United States, are they doing the right thing or are they doing the thing that's right for them? Are they doing what is best for their own advancement for their career for their profile are they doing what is best for people in the country what is morally correct um and i don't think i mean i think that you can say what is morally correct is ambiguous sometimes i don't think it is in certain cases and when you're dealing with 
what is going on in the United States of America right now, I don't think you it is morally ambiguous at all. I think there's a very clear right and wrong here. And um, so I'm using that as to set up what I want to talk about, even though I'm not going to talk about those specific incidents and what's going on there. But I think you understand where I'm going with this. This is like this is a display of people making a decision to do the right thing or do what is right for them. And that's very hard. Sometimes it's easier than others, um, but sometimes it is uh, painful and difficult and it will always, uh, you know, often it's, it's not always, but often it's something that, you know, you might even regret, even though you did the right thing, if you do the right thing and it's hard. If you do the thing that's right for you that happens to be the right thing, that's the best case scenario. If the thing that's right for you is the right thing, is the thing that you can sleep on at night and feel good about, then that's where you want to be. That's the best case because then you get to do something that is good, uh, for lack of a better word, and that is good for you. And you can feel, I think, more whole in those those decisions and those opportunities when they rise are, I think, the best, some of the best moments in life when you can take action or can do a thing to make not only your life better, but other people's, or not only your situation better, but other situations better. There are uh, times when it is not um, a difficult choice to make, you know, uh, even day-to-day little things. There's lots of little things you can do every day that are, you know, the right thing to do, uh, that are right for you, or that are maybe not the right right for you, but the right thing to do. Like, I mean, even little things like, um, I'm in the right lane. I want to turn left at that intersection. The correct thing for me to do is to either signal and wait and hope that I can make it over to the left-hand lane or go right, go right, go right. That's the way to do it, right? So that I don't inconvenience everyone else. The thing that's right for me to do is get me where I'm going as fast as I want. So I just turn and just cut off all the traffic and stop everyone. That's a very basic example. And that... But it does encapsulate the idea of, you know, when you do the right thing, when you do what is morally correct, it requires something of you often. Not always. Like I said, sometimes things sync up. But the majority of the time, I would say, at least in my life, doing the right thing is harder. It's more difficult. It it, it takes a little more from you. And that's why I have very high regard for people who do the right thing, who, who, uh, who are morally correct in my view, who do the thing that is difficult, um, just because it is the right thing. They do the hard thing. And, and this is an interesting sort of moral decision-making process that we make every day. Like I said, small and large, there are decisions you make in the way you talk to your partner in the way that you treat people uh, when you're out buying something, in the way you drive, in the way you walk, in the way you answer the phone, in the way you write emails. There are things that make it more difficult or more easy for you to do things. And I'm not saying that every time you write an email, you're making a moral choice to be. You're not. But you are making a choice to make things a little bit better for someone else, or you can make things better for you. Um, and sometimes, like I said, those work well together. 
I think that the larger the decision, obviously the more stark the contrast between um, what's right and what's right for you can often be. If you're in a position where you have to make a decision that could potentially affect your livelihood uh, or the lives of other people around you. I have been in my life in situations where I could have done things that would have made my life, uh, you know, on paper, economically and career-wise, much better, much more successful. But I would not be who I am and could not uh, claim ownership of myself if I had done those things. And that's why I talk about the regret aspect, because there are times, even now, when I know that I have done the thing that is true to who I am, that is true to my moral compass. I have followed the path that I that I continue to set out for myself to try and be a good person, to try and make the world a little better than when I showed up in a small, small way. Um, but even then, you know, you look at it, you go back and you like kind of regret. Uh, maybe I could have done the thing to make, maybe, you know, maybe I, if I had made the choice that maybe wasn't as morally correct, um, I could somehow undo that in my mind. You know, if I had just taken that one, if I had just cut that one corner, you know, I could have won the race and then I could help other people win their race. You know, that kind of thing, like you try and undo it. And I, I, I don't think you can let yourself off the hook that easily. It's like when you see a billionaire uh, who donates, like, you know, someone donates a billion dollars to charity and you're like, well, that's amazing. But if what they've done to make that money has caused pain and suffering, has been, you know, uh, what one would consider morally incorrect, has done something that is or has done many things that they know have hurt people simply for the benefit of enriching themselves. There is no amount of payback I think you can do that will make you right with yourself. Because you either are that person or you're not. I'm, I'm not saying you can't change, but I'm saying that you can't go back and all of a sudden forgive your sins. This isn't some confessional. You can't just decide that you no longer have done the things you've done or that somehow the things you've done are justified by later actions. That is not how that works. You have to take ownership of decisions you make. And you have to, because even the decisions the bad decisions, even the things that, uh, you know, are selfish, even the things that are, are not helpful to people around you. And, and, I'm, and everybody has made those decisions. Even the things you do that are negative are still part of you. And it's still part of the building block of who you are. So to deny those uh, negative impulses or those negative actions or those negative choices, those, those, those selfish behaviors is to deny even if it is a very small part of you, a part of you. And I think that's dangerous. I don't think you can do that. No human being is perfect. And, uh, and anyone who tells you so is, is lying, which in and of itself is imperfect. So I think the idea of trying to pursue that, um, no matter what I do, I can undo the damage that I've done. I, I, I don't think you can... I, I, I think most people would agree that you can't live your life like that. You can't live your life... Um, you know, writing bad checks and then one day deciding to go back and pay everyone back. It doesn't work like that because the choice was already made. The negative choice was already made. The, 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 the decision to do the thing that was selfish was already made. And like I said, you can change who you are. You can start becoming a better person, but it doesn't undo those deeds. And so 
that is why decisions are like moral decisions, decisions to do the right thing or do what's right for you are so difficult, especially when they're big. You know, the little decision to drive across four lanes of traffic is not that difficult. It's, it's, I mean, it's a shitty thing to do if I do it, but it's, you know, I'm not going to jail. It's not the end of the world. And, you know, but now if you do that and you cause an accident and someone dies, the ramifications are much larger. The decision itself was the same. You know, the decision to do the thing that was not right uh, is the same. That decision has not changed. The ramifications of those actions or the ramifications of that decision may have changed, but the actual decision. So from a moral point of view, uh, doing the selfish thing is just as bad regarding, uh, regardless of what happens, because you can't predict what will happen. And thus, going back and trying to fix that by changing your deeds in the future, you can move forward and be like, I've learned, I'm changing. Absolutely. That's absolutely what people should be able to do. We do not give enough um, leeway in our society for people to grow. And that is incredibly negative. You know, you see this a lot with cancel culture and stuff where people will go after something. I'm not talking about the legitimate stuff where someone does something horrendous or many things that are horrendous and need to be dealt with. I'm talking about stuff where they'll go back and dig into your past and find one tweet or one thing you've done and then use that to destroy you. That's, especially if you've been good since then or trying to grow and trying to learn. I think redemption is capable, is possible in that sense. And I think it's encouraged and I think it should be happening. I think we should really try and help people reform and change and grow. And people who maybe have made questionable choices, we can help them learn to, you know, that these actions have consequences, these choices have consequences and you can change and get better. I, I absolutely think that that's necessary. And I think it's part of a healthy society and it's part of being a healthy human, having that in you to be able to forgive and to grow and learn um, within limits. I mean, obviously, you know, every every situation is unique. Um, but I think that, you know, it doesn't saying I'm sorry for something doesn't negate the thing you did, doesn't undo the thing you did. It shows contrition for what you did or it shows contrition for the decision you've made. But I think sometimes the the doing the thing that is selfish for you um has the benefit for you and i think sometimes that kind of nullifies the apology if i'm trying to if i'm getting my point across it nullifies the contrition and if you look at a situation right now in in the united states of america what's happening is there's plenty of republican um senators and uh, congress people who are standing with a person who very clearly is extremely dangerous to their country, who has uh, broken many laws, whether he'll be tried for them or even charged, I, I doubt. But um, they are making a choice for their own political future, for their own ambition to do what is very negative for millions of people and yet is very positive for them. If they come out in 50 years after they've got the benefit they want from that and say that they were wrong to do it, it doesn't undo what they've done. It doesn't undo the damage. And I don't think, I think there are some things that you can just say when it comes to moral choices are nature. And doing the right thing is part of your nature, uh, especially when, you know, the harder the right thing is, I think the more it has to be inbuilt in you to make the right choices. And 
I sometimes get very frustrated with, I see people making decisions that hurt other people, or I see people doing things that are very, you know, just show such lack of character and such lack of dignity and lack of respect for other human beings. And, and, and I, and I see that and I think to myself, well, is it possible for those people to, to even have the fiber that could get them to a place where they are more moral? And I don't know. I mean, there's a very nebulous sort of point. Where is the vanishing point of morality? Where does it cease to be something you could change and something that is inbuilt in you? Is it when you make the really large decisions and the really difficult ones? Is it when you know direct harm? I mean, if you turn left across four lanes of traffic, is that worse than drinking a bunch of alcohol and getting in a car? You know that drinking a bunch of alcohol and getting in a car is against the law and incredibly dangerous and could cause people to die. And that causes people, that action done by people causes people to die all the time. Um, there are no campaigns to stop you turning left across four lanes of traffic from the right lane. Um, but I mean, it could have the same consequence. But is it because you're programmed to know that the drinking and driving is morally wrong, that you are then uh, making a much more difficult decision <clears throat> when you don't, well, not difficult decision, but making a, a much more weighty decision when you choose not to do it than, or when you choose to do it. Is that more wrong because it, the profile of it is higher? Is that more wrong because it is more obvious? Is that more wrong because we have been told as a society that it is more black and white? I mean, if you said to me, uh, what's more dangerous, someone drinking two beers and driving, you know, a mile home or someone who runs red lights every day? Well, I would say statistically, the person who runs red lights every day is much more dangerous because they're more likely to hit someone. Um, but if you were to ask the average person, what's more dangerous, someone drinking and driving or someone who runs red lights, they would probably say drinking and driving. Now, <clears throat> is that correct or is it not? Statistically, drinking, driving, uh, kills probably more people than people just randomly running red lights. But if everybody just ran red lights, there'd be a lot more dead people and we'd have to have a campaign to stop that. So the decision to have a couple of beers and drive a car or the decision to just not stop at red lights they both have consequences. One is seen as more morally repulsive than the other, I think. I mean, that's a very broad example, but I, I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Is not voting, is not voting to impeach Trump or not voting to remove Trump more heinous because the profile of the thing is bigger? You know what I mean? So is it more horrendous to make a morally incorrect choice if we can directly see what your benefit will be from it. If I can see that you doing this will get you something, does that make your choice worse? Or if I can see you doing something maybe doesn't benefit you, I don't understand why you've done that, does that make your choice because it's less cut and dried? Because I can't see how you benefit, does that mean that you are not perhaps, in my eye, making as morally incorrect a choice as morally reprehensible a choice is it is it is your morality who you are the choices you make the rights and wrongs you do is it not only something 
that is your compass, that how you drives you, that, that, that is inside, is it also how you're perceived? Because I look at that too and I go, just suppose you're one of the people who really, really believes the arguments that many of the Republicans, for instance, are making in the United States Congress right now and the Senate, makes, really believes that impeaching Trump would actually be a violation of the Constitution. If you believe that, and that's the only reason you're making the choice, not because you think it will help you with an election down the line or anything. If, if you honestly really are only making that decision, does it make it less morally reprehensible than if we know your motive is simply, your, your, is your lack of belief in what you're doing more disgusting or or is the does the decision remain the same is is not supporting impeachment for instance um just as terrible regardless of the motivation or is the motivation of personal gain make it even worse uh and i'm not talking about situations like accidents where like you didn't intend for something to happen and happen i mean obviously if you get in a car and drive around with the idea of hitting people with your car that is much more morally reprehensible than making a mistake and, you know, running a red light by accident because you're focusing on something else and hitting someone. Um, like, you could say, well, the choice was I was on my phone while I was driving and I didn't think and I ran the light and I hit someone and I killed them. That is morally more forgivable than I got in my car with the intent to mow people down. So does intent reflect morality? Is doing the right thing harder when people know your motivations, does it make the choice more difficult, like to not do the right thing when people know your motivations? Is it, I, I often struggle with the idea that who you are while no one is watching is the most important thing, but being observed is part of who you are. You know what I mean? Like knowing that there will be consequences of your actions that you will be judged for, that you will be seen knowing that the things you've done, uh, positive and negative, will be judged by... Because sometimes I do things that I, I'm like, okay, well, this is the right thing to do in this situation. But then sometimes I don't know if I'm doing that thing because it's the right thing or because I want people to see me doing the right thing. Does that make sense? So sometimes I think to myself, well, it's the right thing to pick up that six-pack ring off the ground and rip up the the six-pack rings so it doesn't affect an animal if it ends up in the dump or in the ocean. I think to myself, well, that's the right thing to do. But is it better? Does it benefit me if people see me do it? Then is my motivation less pure? You see what I mean? If I pick something up and I see that someone has seen... If I see that someone's seen me pick that up and do that right thing, does that then make what I've done less valid? Because... Although I've still done the good thing, I've done the good thing for gain, whether it's conscious or not. I sometimes don't know, not always, most of the time I know, but sometimes I don't know why I do the right thing. I just do it. And sometimes I think that if I'm truly to explore it, I do the right thing because I want people to think highly of me. So my motivation is not to do the right thing. My motivation is to do the right thing and make it right for me.
So from that perspective, can we then judge what people do the same way if we're not willing to judge ourselves like that? Think of one thing you've done that is morally correct, but that you've done maybe a little more or you've done because of an audience or how you will be seen or how you want people to think of you. Think of everyone's got something like that. Think of something you've done, being a little extra nice to a server, being a little bit extra, just one of those things you've done that's perhaps performative morality. It's still the right thing, but now the motivation isn't right or isn't as pure. So does that make it less of the right thing? And conversely, if you do the wrong thing, but your motivation is correct, the wrong thing is still the wrong thing. But the motivation, does that take some of the edge off that? These are difficult questions, and I find myself thinking about them more often than I probably should. I don't know if this podcast has made a heck of a lot of sense. I've kind of been rambling. I I often do that where I'll just start talking about a topic and then I'll kind of just follow the stream of consciousness. And I think most people who listen to this podcast uh, have become familiar with that. And if you're new to the podcast, uh, that's kind of how my brain works. I just sort of talk to you guys and and I sort of talk things out until I find my feet. And sometimes... The point I'm trying to make comes out at the end. It comes out at the beginning. Sometimes we lose ourselves. Sometimes we find ourselves again. Um, But the intention is good. (laughs) The idea is good. The idea is that I want to share uh, and I want to talk to you. And that's the other thing. Why am I even doing this podcast? Am I doing this podcast because I want to bring something to the world? Well, I guess. Or... I mean, my motivation is to obviously raise my profile. That's why I do a podcast is to get, I mean, I would like it if, you know, a million people listen to it. So does that make what I do less beneficial? Well, to me, I think it makes me a little bit more superficial. I think knowing that I'm doing this podcast, hoping that it reaches a much larger audience, checking those analytics, looking at those numbers, seeing them go up, that makes me feel good. I am doing this podcast for selfish means. But I know that it has benefited people because I've heard from people that it, that it benefits them. So does that negate the goodness that this brings to people because of the motivation behind it? I am doing the right thing, but it is the right thing for me. But should it be? It's very difficult to examine altruism or the lack of altruism from outside yourself because you you can't be an accurate judge of it. But it is a question that I think is worth asking of yourself. And it's something that it's very easy to write off quickly and, and go, well, this is this because this, I believe, you know, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. But, but, but when you get down to it, we're not just one layer. There's a lot going on in every human. And so if the billionaire gives away $10 billion of her fortune and she gives it away, but she waits till she dies to do it because even though she could be helping people today, She waits because she wants to enjoy her money her whole life. When she dies, that $10 billion goes to help people 
which is good. But she could have done it when she's alive, but she wanted to keep her money. So even though she gave her money away at the end, the motivation was that she wanted to, you know, she wants to look good. She wants people to think she's good and it won't cost her anything. So she did the right thing, but what's right for her is to wait to give away that money. It's a difficult, uh, it's, it's a big question because that money still helps people. The right thing is still the right thing. But does it change? If the Republicans, if the right thing for the Republicans, which it might turn out to be because they want to stop him from running for office in 2024, if the right thing for the Republicans is to convict uh, Trump in the Senate and then hold a vote to stop him from holding office in the future, that could be very beneficial for the Republican Party. It could ultimately help them start rebuilding the party after all the damage that's been done. Um, So say they vote that way. But purely for selfish means. If there was a poll that came out and said, if you vote to impeach Trump, you're guaranteed to get reelected. Um, I bet everyone who didn't, well, I, I mean, almost everyone who didn't vote to impeach would have voted to impeach. But what about the ones who morally chose to, who really believed it was correct to impeach or in not impeach, who really believed that? Now they're going against surefire reelection to do what they believe is right, which has made... It's the hard thing. It's, uh, I probably have too much time on my hands to think about this stuff, but I would be interested to know what you think about it. www.skpodcast at gmail.com. Send me a letter. And, um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at unfamous. That's my Twitter handle. I pretty much kind of closing in all these social media. I think Twitter might be the last thing I hang on to. I do have an Instagram at this is Simon King and I had a TikTok. Well, I still have a TikTok. I'm just not really bothering with it. Um, but maybe maybe we'll do that in the future. Maybe that, that'll be what... And I do have a YouTube channel. Um, you can find links to that on my website, thisissimonking.com. If you do want to sign up for my YouTube channel, I will start putting content back up on there this year, I think. Uh, I need to concentrate a little more on uh, what's right for me. It may not be the right thing for the entertainment public. <laughs> More Simon King isn't always the right thing for you, but it's what's right for me. And speaking of right, that's what's wrong this week.